welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in under 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello, and with me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you today? I am doing great. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm enjoying some time with my family, and uh, it's been good. It's been good. So I'm, I'm happy to talk to you today. You and I had discussed uh, a couple of different ideas for today's show, and we settled on something that I think will inform a lot of people. I'm going to start with a, a little bit of an anecdote, and it's a, a couple of years ago, about 10 at this point, we had gone with a couple of friends to Walt Disney World, and we showed up there, and we're walking into the Animal Kingdom, and there were four couples, and three of the couples got through no problem. The fourth couple did not, and so we're sitting there waiting inside the Animal Kingdom entrance, and the wife comes through and she says, my husband is an idiot. We said, what do you mean? She said, he bought tickets for Disneyland. Of course, we were not in California and the guest, the guest services person at the counter told him, sir, California is not open yet. So we thought, so I, we thought that would be uh, a funny way to lead into the fact that we're going to talk to you today about Disneyland and Disney World, the things that make them unique, the history of both parks. Uh, any similarities and differences in the most abridged version that we can possibly give to you. And uh, Sandy, you're definitely the person to, to lead us down that road. So, Jeff, um, are you sure you weren't there when they were taping the episode of The Middle? Because that was the premise for The Middle. Well, then somebody stole my intellectual property because that absolutely <laughs> happened to us. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, I guess let's start with, let's start with Florida. Right, Walt Disney World in Florida. Tell us, I guess, give us the breakdown. What is Walt Disney World in Florida in a nutshell? Walt Disney World is the second of the Disney theme parks to be built, opening in 1971. And they learned a lot of things by building Disneyland first. So Florida is massive. We've got four theme parks, two water parks, Disney Springs. Florida literally is a world of its own. It's its own city, its own fire department. It has more land than they're ever going to build on. They currently, even with all of that, are only using 25% of the property that they own. And still buying more. And still buying more. California. California is where it all began. Uh, back in 1955, when Walt had that idea that it should be a place where families can go and enjoy together, it started with one theme park. They do now have two. But unlike Walt Disney World, where it's a land on its own, I always say to people, if you've never been to Disneyland, but you've been to New York City, imagine if we dropped a theme park right in the middle of Times Square. That's what this is. You can literally walk out the gate of Disneyland and be on a street at Panera in a two to three minute walk quicker than you can get from the magic kingdom to the contemporary. But for me, it's extra special. It's going to sound really corny, but it is the park that Walt built. He walked it every day. He opened it and you can feel his presence so strong there with all of those extra touches. So let's give a little bit of a history then about Disneyland. I mean, anybody that knows anything about Walt Disney knows that one of his big designs for building a theme park was he wanted to create an experience that children could enjoy, but that parents could enjoy as well, so that the entire family could enjoy together. And that mission is definitely translated down to Florida as well. But I think it'd be interesting to take a walk down memory lane and figure out how Disneyland came to be, how it started, and how we've arrived where we are. 
That's so true. It is all about that family time. And it is funny if you've done multiple different parks. Personally, I've obviously done Florida and California. I've done Disneyland Paris. And you can't help but compare them. And I would say probably the one big shocker for me the first time I went to Disneyland, their castle is tiny. (laughs) You can't find it unless you're in front of it. It doesn't tower the skyline to be visible anywhere in the park. But they cram so much into that space. Disneyland is just 500 acres to cover everything. The parks, the hotels, Disney, they still call it downtown Disney in California. So all of that is in 500 acres. For comparison, Walt Disney World is over 27,000 acres. And as you said, they're still buying. They had acquisition in the last 60 days. So Disneyland definitely suffers from a space shortage, but they pack it all in. They have two parks, as I said, and what I like to explain to people, if you're an Epcot person, but you've never been out to Disneyland, if you can visualize Epcot with me for a minute, you're in Epcot, you come in through the front entrance, you're in Future World, you kind of get to the end of Future World, and you have the choice of those two bridges to walk across to get your Over the World Showcase. That space that those two bridges take up is about the space that separates the two parks in California. The Espionade is where you go from one to the other. You can actually literally see the entrance to the other park. So we park hop back and forth all day because it's as easy as going from one end of Epcot to the other. That's what makes it also ideal for somebody who wants to start small. You've just got the two parks Whether you stay on site or even at Disneyland, we do their good neighbor hotels. You can stay at a good neighbor hotel and still be under a five-minute walk from the Disney gate. So you're not dealing with buses and boats and monorails. You're in and out of the park super easy. Now, when you say good neighbor hotel, we don't need to name the brands of what they are, but they're they're other company-owned hotels that just happen to be in the area, correct? Correct. One of the things, because they don't have a lot of space, Disney actually only owns three resorts, and they're all of the deluxe category in Disneyland. So if you're looking for something a little more budget-friendly, it's going to be that good neighbor. And in Walt Disney World, we don't recommend good neighbor hotels to our clients. They're pretty far out. There's not a lot of perks with them. But here, as I said, you can be in a good neighbor hotel and literally walk across the street and be there. So that's the advantage of that kind of city focus of it. It lets us keep up with that. The interesting thing to me is, as small as it is in comparison in two parks versus four, they actually have more evening spectaculars than you will find in Florida. So in Disneyland, they don't call it the Magic Kingdom. Their main park is Disneyland, even though it is Magic Kingdom-esque. Right. Um, they have three evening shows. They've got fireworks, they've got Fantasmic, and often they have an evening parade. Over in California Adventure, they have World of Color, and sometimes they also have an evening parade. So it's interesting to me how two parks can have five evening shows sometimes where you don't even have five between the four parks in Walt Disney World. That's cool, though. I mean, that, that makes it unique to, to what they're doing. 
they pack a lot of magic into a little bit of space. It is really amazing what they do out there. So you talked a little bit about the three hotels that are there. They're all deluxe. What are they? And I guess explain to me how, how busy they are. How I'm sure, I'm sure they're full all the time, right? They are. And I think with Disney as a brand, you know, we're going to talk in a minute about all the Walt Disney World hotels. They're full all the time, too. Um, the Grand Californian, the Disneyland Hotel, and Paradise Pier are their three deluxe hotels. And again, from all of them, you can walk to the parks very easily. The Grand Californian is their top hotel. It actually has an entrance literally into the theme park. They have their own gate, and you will end up right in California Adventure. Nice little perk. That entrance is reserved for resort guests only. Uh, anything else you want to touch on for Disneyland history until we move on to Disney World? Well, the other great thing about Disneyland is its location. It's not far from Burbank, from Disney Studios, from Imagineering. So if you are that Disney person, one of the things that you can do in Disneyland that you can't do in Walt Disney World is the Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic Short Escape. And it was a fangirl moment for me. I did it about a year and a half ago, and I'm scheduled to do it again this year. I loved it so much. It gives you that Disney history you're going to one of Walt's favorite restaurants that he used to eat at, Tam O'Shanter's, that he ate with Imagineers. You get to sit at the table that Walt dined in. You get to go to Disney Imagineering. It is a no-camera location because you are literally watching them sculpt models for rides that may not even be announced yet. You're seeing some of that extra intellectual property that's not being used in the park that they've pulled back in an incredible overview and the chance to shop a little bit. I own Imagineering gear now, so pretty neat thing. Um, but you also get to go backstage in Disneyland. We went back behind Radiator Racers. We're into the pit where they literally are servicing the cars and you can watch everything run. We went backstage at Indiana Jones and got to control one of the test cars backstage ourselves and see how the ride works. We got into the park before it opened and met with the ambassadors. It is just a Disney dream for any true Disney fan. And that's a Disneyland exclusive opportunity. So for those of you that have listened to the show, and this is not your first time, you'll know that I have mentioned that I have not been out to California. So everything that you just said there, that's my trip, right? As soon as I go, that I need you to book that trip <laughs> for me. That's the trip that me and my family are taking. So... Let's move over to Walt Disney World. You had mentioned that they learned from the Disneyland mistake of, of not having the amount of land that they have in California and the massive amounts of land that they have in Florida. So let's give a, a very brief, because we could do an entire show or 12 shows on this. But let's give a very brief history of Walt Disney World. So Walt Disney World opened October 1971, but they spent a lot of time before that acquiring land. And... One of the Disney geeky things that I love is when you go to the Magic Kingdom and you walk down the street, if you look above the gift shops, the windows there contain a lot of Disney history. They contain names of Disney legends, but they also contain some of the information where the company began. They didn't want people to connect the dots that this was Walt Disney buying this land and really up the price. So they created all these corporations and bought under different names. One of my favorite is the man's name was 
M, his middle initial was T, and his last name was Lot. So he purchased under Empty <laughs> Lot. <laughs> Lots of different unique names so that they now have over 28 square miles of space. And when they started in 1971, if you Google and go back and find some of those black and white pictures, they were hoping people would come and the crowds would be there. And unprecedented crowds, the parking lots closed in no time at all because they hit capacity. And it was 11 years till they were ready to build their next park. So when you went from 1971 to 1982, it was all about Magic Kingdom, the contemporary and Polynesian resorts, along with the Fort Wilderness Campground and their original, unfortunately no longer in existence, water park, river country. The 80s, we saw huge growth in Disney. We went from one park to three. 1982 brought us Epcot. 89 brought us what was MGM Studios, now Disney's Hollywood Studios. And then in 1998, we added our fourth and currently final main theme park, adding Disney's Animal Kingdom. And we added in Blizzard Beach, Typhoon Lagoon, Disney's Wedding Pavilion, the Disney Institute, too many golf courses, and shopping at Disney Springs. So it's immersive. It's something for everybody. We've got about 30 hotels. We've got a campground with everything from bring your motor home and pop up to sleep in a cabin, or you can even rent a tent and sleeping bags to stay there, to... Value properties all the way up to deluxe properties, and we would be remiss if we didn't say that we have that Star Wars hotel on the horizon as well. You've got the stuff from the beginning with with that Walton had planned out, and then you go all the way through the Michael Eisner years and the Disney decade, and then Iger takes over and the intellectual properties that he, he acquires. Now we're ending up with Star Wars Hotel. If you look just at Orlando and Walt Disney World, you can really see how that company has just moved and shaped throughout the years to create these experiences for people. And the fact that they have the land there is exactly why Orlando was the place to do it rather than California. That's taking nothing away from California. As you said, it's a perfect spot for what it is. But to say that the two things are the same is definitely not true, correct? Definitely not. They both have that bit of magic, but they're very different. Disneyland... You can squeeze it all in in two days. Three days is great. Um, But they work so differently. You know, if you're a Walt Disney World person, you're used to immense advanced planning. You're used to that 6 a.m., 180 days out, you have to have your dining. And 7 a.m., 60 days out, you have to have your Fast Pass reservations. Disneyland doesn't even publish park hours till 45 to 60 days prior. The dining opens at 60 days prior, but you can still get great character dining, typically the week before, unless we're talking about Christmas week. We did a whole episode on Fast Pass versus Max Pass. The Max Pass, which is what they use at Disneyland, you can't even reserve the rides in advance like you can in Florida. So if you're planning a last minute trip, it's also a great option to consider Disneyland. Because you can get everything you want without the lead time that it often takes to get everything you want for a Walt Disney World trip. All right, so let's go over the similarities, right? We've, we've clearly stated that they're not the same, 
But what similarities do they have? Obviously, you talked about the castle in Disneyland. If you've been to Orlando, you know there's also a castle there. <laughs> what other things do they have in California that they also have in Orlando? You know, or I guess vice versa if it started in California and is now in Orlando. And there's such a temptation when you're in California to call it the Magic Kingdom because it really does with the castle in the middle and walking down Main Street. It does feel that way. It's a very different scale. Their main street is maybe half the distance because, again, their park is smaller. They had to keep it all compact. They do share a lot of the same rides, but sometimes there's some different flair to it. I love that it's a small world out there because they have Disney characters infused and place so that you really have to be paying attention that when you're going through the Morocco section, one of the characters is Jasmine. When you're going through the America section, you'll find Woody and different characters throughout Hawaii. They've got Lilo and Stitch, but it doesn't feel hokey. They work them right in. They have a space mountain. So you see a lot of similarity in rides. I would say the parks share about 70% of the rides. If you are somebody who doesn't do change, which is definitely me, and you miss Mr. Toad's wild ride, you will still find that out in Disneyland. They're similar in that they both have a phantasmic show. The concept of the show is the same. The scripting of it is 95% the same. But Disneyland doesn't even have a theater for it. If you could picture being in Walt Disney World and walking from Haunted Mansion to Splash Mountain, you go down that walkway, which is also a parade route. Imagine just stopping there turning to the river, and suddenly you're in front of Fantasmic. That's what it's like in California. Same show, different setting, which brings a whole different experience. Cool. Disneyland also has some of the traditional parties that you'll see in events, but a lot smaller. They do many less Halloween parties. Extremely limited candlelight processionals out there, ticketed event only, and very hard to come by tickets. They have a food and wine festival, and if you're a food and wine person, you can do food and wine in the fall at Epcot, but California, food and wine festival is February to April, so get them both in. They do a lot of extras out in California. They have a Lunar New Year celebration, Three Kings Day celebration, Mardi Gras. They're all about some of those extras. Talk to us a little bit about the Marvel footprint that we will see continuing to evolve in California. We are super excited for Avengers Campus. That will be coming to California summer of 2020. It's a great home for them out in California Adventure. Three attractions will be opening, not all immediately. It'll open with the first one, and then we'll add the other two, similar to how we open Galaxy's Edge. Um, but Marvel is definitely going to be a big part of Disneyland, so a great reason to think about heading west. Uh, anything else that you think we should know so that someone doesn't show up to the ticket window like my friend or someone from the middle and says, I bought tickets for the wrong coast? Talk to a planner. Get the ins and outs of the parks. Disneyland is also great for little kids. They have so many rides for the young ones. It's a great way to get an introduction to Disney if you haven't done a Disney park. But for you big Disney fans out there, You've got to go at least once. It's the place to be. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. Be sure to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories. 